Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is sponsored by SJNL General Contractors. They are licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee, and they provide services such as mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you need any of these services, contact them 931-433-4660, 931-433-4660. Also, they are in need of heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, CDL dump truck drivers, and pipe layers. If you're interested in employment with this family-owned business, you can go to the website www.sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. If you had been seated on the 28-passenger church bus as it pulled into the fuel city on Highway 72 East, you would have ignored the bearded man sitting beneath the fuel city sign in the grass. If you had been a passenger on that bus that day, your face would have been one of the faces pressed to the window as your youth minister got off the bus and approached the man. You see, the little bearded man was wearing a wool cap, black. He also had on a military-style field jacket that probably had started out as olive drab green, but now looked as if it had been dyed black. So it had kind of a, a dull blackish green appearance. The folds and the sleeves had looked like they'd been airbrushed to highlight them so that it gave it a camouflage looking pattern. And on the back of the jacket was a heraldic eagle. That is the uh, symbol for the Sturm Ruger Company, now just known as Ruger Firearms. It's also one of Hank Williams Jr.'s symbols, if you're familiar with that. He was also wearing urban camouflage uh, BDUs. Urban camouflage is the black, gray, and white pattern. These had been so well used and so worn and so faded that they were just almost monochromatically gray. And the Magnum high-tech boots looked like they had walked miles and miles in. His backpack was lying on the grass beside him. Just in the front of the backpack where the laces were was a leather sheath. The leather sheath contained about a cubit length frost cutlery bowie knife. This is a similar to the classic bowie knife that you're familiar with, except instead of having the brass handguard, the handguard was smaller and it was a Packmire rubber grip. The blade is about the size of your forearm and about a quarter of an inch thick. In his lap was a sign that said Woodville. It was a piece of cardboard and it had been handwritten with a black magic marker. And as the youth minister approached him, the students were looking out the window and the adults were standing on the pavement. If you had been sitting in the grass, you'd have heard the exchange of, well, we're actually going to Woodville. I'm taking my youth group to a retreat up into the mountains. How about we give you a ride? You would not have heard, but you would have been able to ascertain by the posture of the other adults that this was probably not a good idea. The looks and the gestures made the man the topic of conversation. At one point, the man was left standing in the grass, and the youth minister approached the group of adults 
And these words were said, if he gets on this bus, you will lose your job. But nonetheless, and much to the chagrin of the adults, the little man in the gray pants and the Ruger jacket with the backpack and the big knife got on the bus. The boys, obviously the football boys, sat behind him and sat in front of him and made an insulating layer. And then those pretty little faces of those little teenage girls popped up behind those massive sets of shoulders to look at the interloper on their church bus. He had a strange accent. It wasn't a southern accent. It was kind of a clipped, uh, rough, maybe British accent. And they began to ask him questions. He said, my name is Buster. I'm not from around here. I'm from Oxford. A little girl asked him, did he go to church anywhere? I ain't never had much use for religion. My mom used to read uh, the Bible to me. Uh, I remember a story about... uh, Seemed like there was a guy that got in a fight with with a bigger fellow, and 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 he, and he he won using like a rock or something. The little girl asked him, "Was the Bible easy to understand?" And he said, "Not really. I, I had a hard time reading the big words, and and this and, and it was it, it, the phrasing was different, and I didn't like it much. I didn't spend much time in it." The students began then to ask him if he knew who Jesus was. They asked him about his soul and about his salvation. And he answered as best he could in the halting accent that he had. Somewhere down the road it turned dark. This was late October in the fall. It got dark early. And about a mile from the retreat center, Buster, the gentleman who was hitchhiking, spoke up and said, this is real close to where I'm supposed to be. The driver stopped the bus. He grabbed his backpack and started to step off the bus into the darkness. And a pretty little girl with blonde hair said, hey, Mr. Buster, why don't you take my Bible? It's very easy to read. It's not like a King James Bible. It's a modern speech Bible. And and you can have it. And this tiny little girl handed a little pink Bible to a scary-looking hitchhiker. And he took that little pink Bible and he stepped out into the dark. I don't know if you've ever stood beside a bus and had somebody have a conversation about you and your appearance and what you look like and their faces look angry and their fingers point. I have. You see, my middle name is Buster. And I have a pair of urban camouflage pants and There's only one jacket in the world that looks like that Ruger jacket, and I airbrushed it and made it myself. I took a green army jacket and dyed it black and painted the Ruger symbol on it. I had been asked by the youth minister to pretend to be a homeless hitchhiker and see how his youth group would respond to them picking up a total stranger. 
I was unprepared for the experience. You see, without my beard, and if you recognize me, I, I could probably tap on the door of any church bus from almost any place in the southeast and get on it. But on this particular fall day, when nobody on that bus knew Lonnie Jones, they met a, a British woodcutter named Buster. And the children on that bus tried to save his soul. They asked him about Jesus. They asked him about his life. And that tiny, pretty, little blonde-haired girl gave me her Bible as I stepped out into the dark with my Bowie knife. It was an interesting situation when I hiked the quarter mile into the retreat center called the Cliff House, snuck into the suite known as the Prophet's Room that the gentleman who designed the Cliff House had reserved for ministers. I shaved my beard down to my goatee, cleaned up, put on a nice pair of blue jeans, and walked out into this retreat center to preach my first lesson for the weekend and in my hand was a little pink Bible. That's one of the best retreats I've ever been on because I spent the entire weekend with some young people who were authentic in what they believed. Now, don't get me wrong, I've been excluded from things. I had difficulty in scheduling the events at an indoor climbing gym that I was the sponsor of, and, and it was simply because of my skin color. I've been excluded from some things because I wasn't popular, and I've been excluded from some things because I wasn't wealthy, and there's a group of people I can't preach for because I'm too conservative, and there's a group of people I can't preach for because I'm too liberal. There's a, a church in town that I can't preach for. I don't even know why. But this story is not about the angry parents who stood in front of the bus in fear for their children if you let some guy with a bowie knife on your bus. That's an understandable reaction considering the costume I was wearing. And the youth minister knew who I was and knew I was relatively safe. The point of this story is I had never experienced what it was like. I never experienced what it was like for someone to think you were lost and instantly care enough about you to try to save you. Oh, I've been a minister and an evangelist for the better part of my existence. And sometimes preaching the gospel or trying to save a soul or talking about eternity is an academic thing almost. It, it, it almost gets sterilized. But the presentation I made to those children that day was I was homeless and worthless and transient. And they didn't care. I had experienced pure, unmitigated, absolute love. 
from a group of young people that A, had never seen me before and B, would never see me again. And in the 37 minutes it takes to drive from Fuel City on Highway 72 to the retreat center in Woodville, Alabama, they did their best to show me not that they loved me, but that God loved me. And if you've never been given that gift, and better yet, if you've never shared it, if you've decided that, that based on the way this person looks or how this person thinks or how this person dresses or even how this person smells, I'm not going to offer them this gift. It's a very difficult thing to, to make me speechless. But I cannot adequately describe to you what it was like to be standing on that bus about to step out into the utter darkness by myself. And have that precious little girl get on her little tiptoes and stretch that little hand across those massive shoulders of those football boys and give me that little pink Bible. If you ever experience that kind of love, if for one brief moment you can see the love of God through the love of a child, it will fundamentally alter your being and how you respond to other people. And by the way, the worst thing that can happen to you is not to have somebody stand at the front of a bus and argue the worth of your existence or the acceptability of your entrance onto their vehicle. The worst thing you can do to somebody is not to hate them. The worst thing you can do to somebody is, is not to ignore them. The worst thing you can do to somebody is not to look at them and, and, and judge their color or their experience or their life experience and say, hey, this person's not worthy. That's not the worst thing you can do to somebody. You see, the worst thing you can do to somebody is say, you're my friend. The worst thing you can do to somebody is say, hey, I love you. The worst thing you can do to somebody is be on their team or live in their neighborhood or be at work with them. And if you know the love of God and you know how it feels to be loved, the worst thing you can do is claim to love somebody else. Not that with them. You see, the convicting part about being Buster, the tree cutter, on his way to Woodville is that somebody who'd never met me before cared enough about me to give me her little pink Bible. How many people do we spend every day with? And we're supposed to be their friends. We're supposed to be their teammates. And they don't know that we love them because we don't tell them God loves them. There are 32 miles of cave passages in Cumberland Cavern, 333 feet underground, 
is the Volcano Room. The Volcano Room is the site for the youth rally known as Erupt. It's an underground youth rally. It's an annual event. It takes place in October. The next Erupt is scheduled for October of 2021. Erupt is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. If you'd like more information, you may contact them at eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. That's eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. Or check out their website for more information, three W's and a dot, eruptyouthrally.com, www.eruptyouthrally.com.